it's time for another edition of Mets Musings. Hi, this is Ron Darling. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Before we get started tonight, I'd like you all to take a moment and remember all the souls and all the people, the first responders and the people that passed on 9-11-2001. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary, which is tomorrow as I record this on Friday evening. I just want to take a moment to remember all of those that lost their lives in keeping our country free, whether it be the people in the building, the servicemen, the first responders. Let's never forget them, and let's always keep them in our hearts and in our minds. So please join me in a moment of silence for all of those that lost their lives, and some continue to lose their lives through cancers and illnesses that they've contacted for from helping out at uh, the 9-11 site. All right. Well, the Mets made a run, got back to 500. Of course, they were playing the Washington Nationals, who are essentially fielding a triple-A team. Uh, but then they ran into Miami, and that really put a damper on things. So the Mets are 70 and 71, one game on the 500, 500 uh, five games back in uh, the uh, race for the NL East crown, and they start the Subway Series against the Yankees tonight, right now, as we record this. And uh, Yankees are kind of struggling, too. They came into the series with a record of 78-61, and 61, but were just swept in a four-game series by the Toronto Blue Jays. So Yankees struggling, the Mets are struggling, everybody's struggling, nobody's happy, and... Um, We'll have to see. The fans are not happy. They're still not happy. And um, you know what? It's it's rightfully so. I mean, they're ticked off. And we've got a voicemail to prove that from uh, our good friend Barry, who called in. And you know Barry from our roundtable and my former co-host. He called in and left this gem. Hey, Gary, it's Barry, former co-host and sometimes guest on your roundtable shows, calling in to rant about Wednesday night's game, in particular the 10th inning, when an unprecedented display of incompetence by the manager undoubtedly in concert with the damn analytics of Barber cost the mess a chance at a victory. When 
and done, it came down to either hitting Pilar or Mazzica in the top of the tenth. And as far as Diaz, no excuses. He is unreliable. And also, though, he has a special skill set defensively and hits an occasional homer. And watching too many of Baez at bats is painful. The Marlins got their free run over to third base to set up the madness that followed when everyone, and I mean everyone, knew you have to walk Dela Cruz with two bases open and that run meaningless, regardless of what the analytics say. Well, shame on me, you and all of us, in thinking managing decisions are actually made by watching the game sometimes. After seeing our clueless manager decide to pitch to the Marlins' best hitter and forego going after the on-deck hitter, only batting 200 points lower, the end result was easy to predict. I usually stay calm, and in fact, the last time I called in a rant, I believe, was in 2014 when the Mets optioned Captain Kirk to AAA and kept Chris Young on the roster, only to release Young at his sub-200 average a few weeks later. That's because following this team for close to 60 years, I have learned to go into most every season with low expectations, and this year was no different. And to be fair, with all the injuries, especially missing the best pitcher in the world for more than half the season, their record is about what it should be, in spite of them not getting a big hit in a big spot since the last two months of 2016. However, and again I'm repeating what I said on the last round table, that is because the NL East in 2021 is the baseball equivalent of the 2020 NFL NFC East and not because the Mets are a good baseball team. Having said that, Uncle Stevie, enough is enough. It is time to clean house, really clean it from top to bottom, even if they somehow like they did in 1973, sneak into the playoffs, and as far as a new manager, how about bringing in some experienced guy who actually makes some or most decisions with his eyes instead of relying on stupid analytics pretty much all the time, and then when asked about why the decision, which more often than not blows up in their face, answers by saying, I like the matchup, which is just another way of saying the analytics told us it was the right move. In closing, and as difficult as as it may be to do. I still say, Gary, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Okay, Barry, thank you uh, so much for calling in, and uh, I can't disagree with anything you said. I think it's time for Rojas to go. I, I think that this team is not as good as we thought it was. It was it, The question you have to ask yourself is, is it may be good enough to win the division with a healthy pitching staff, but is it good enough to go all the way? And I don't think the answer is yes for that. Of course, once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. But as of now, they're too far back. They, they, they're not even good enough to win the division, and that's really a shame because – the way they were playing, yes, the injuries, but so many guys are not hitting. And and I, I'm not sure it's it's a question of uh, not hitting. I, I think they don't know how to hit. And I, I think getting rid of Chili Davis now in hindsight, and 20, you know, uh, hindsight is 2020. But... Um, at the time, I think we all felt the change had to be made, but I think uh, just because it was a question of philosophy was really why he was let go. Chili Davis had a different philosophy than Sandy Alderson. Alderson didn't agree with it, and Alderson let him go. Um, 
I think we see that Alderson's philosophy is completely wrong for this team, and that's why they're in the mess they're in right now. But he remains, and uh, Chili Davis is gone. But uh, Rojas is not – he may be a very good manager in the future, but he's not a very good manager now. The matchups, the analytics, they have to get out of this analytics thing. It is too much, too much, too much in baseball in general. Get rid of it. Throw it out. And that's it. All right, let's take a break and be back after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Follow me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Mets Musings. On Twitter at Mets Musings GM. The Instagram is Mets Musings. And on YouTube at Mets Musings Mac. Wish to be a part of the show? Give us a call at 516-619-6341. And we're back with the injury report. Let's start with Jacob DeGrom. He met briefly with reporters in Miami on September 9th, saying that his right UCL is perfectly fine. DeGrom recently advanced to 120 feet in his catch progression, and uh, he will throw again when the team returns to New York today, though it could only be a 90-feet day. Mets team president Sandy Olson gave an update on DeGrom's status Tuesday, saying that the ace is dealing with a partially torn UCL. However, Alderson said that nothing changes his recovery, and the sprain has resolved itself. A sprain is the lowest-grade partial tear, he explained to reporters. At this point, the sprain has resolved itself. The elbow at this point is perfectly intact based on the MRI and the critical evaluations of our doctors. That's just the technical term that the doctors have used. Alderson added that the Grum's recovery to this point is ramping him back up to see where the pain is, but they are not going to push him. So the Mets will continue to keep a very close, watchful eye on DeGrom as he continues to make his way back at the moment. As to returning the season, Alderson didn't make any promises or give a timeline. I think that's still very much in the air. I don't think he'll be back. I think the smart thing uh, would be not to bring him back this year. Why bother? Why bother at this point? Let's go on, though. Thomas Nito, Luis Rojas said on September 9th that Nito could begin a rehab assignment with Syracuse this weekend with the hope being he can play a couple of games there and then return to the Mets soon after. Rojas said that Nito is 
Let's see. Uh, not feeling any pain when making contact with his swing. He was placed on the 10-day IL on August 31st with the same injury to his thumb that landed him in the on the IL earlier in August. In the only game he played after his initial activation from the IL, Nino went one for two on August 27th, but appeared to be in pain in one of his at-bats. Potential return day could be the 14th of September. Noah Syndergaard, uh, he continues to throw, and the intention is to have him throw off the slope so that he can progress to resuming his rehab assignment in hopes that he can join the Mets before the end of the season. He is COVID-free, and he has played catch at City Field on September 8th at a good distance. Uh, September 7th marked the 10th day since Syndergaard had started his COVID-19 quarantine and Alderson said he is scheduled to get right back on the mound and uh, do it again and start his rehab assignment. So we'll see what happens with him. Brandon Nimmo said he was progressing quickly in his hamstring strain recovery, adding that he's in really good spot right now. He believes he won't need much more than the 10 days. I've been able to do what I have wanted to do up until this point. He's been jogging the past two days and swung the bat on September 7th. Nemo would like to believe the work he did before on taking care of himself is paying off now. He could be back mid to late September. Robert Gazelman pitched for low A St. Lucie last Sunday as he started a rehab assignment. He allowed three earned runs and three hits while striking out one over two-thirds of an inning. The right hand has been on a 60-day IL since uh, a long time. With a lat issue, but could be back in the bullpen later this year to finish the regular season. He last pitched on June 19th, Drew Smith. He had right shoulder inflammation. He has appeared in 31 games. For the Mets this season, pitching to a 2.40 ERA with 41 strikeouts in 41.1 innings. Jose Peraza took ground as a city field while wearing a splint on his finger, which he is not close to being rid of. No return date on him. Joey Lucchese, Tommy John surgery, Dylan Patances, shoulder surgery, are out for the season. David Peterson, oblique foot, is likely out for the season. So uh, let's forget seeing those guys the rest of this year, but uh, next year, and they should be pretty loaded uh, for next season. Let's keep our fingers crossed that they can fill in. Uh, the bullpen should be in fairly good shape. They've got to make a few signings. Um, but let's get the bullpen squared away, then the starting pitch, and then they got to do something about the hitting. And they got to do something about the manager. They've got to do something about the front office uh, because it just plain stinks. And that's where the changes have to occur. All right, let's go to another break and be back with the farm report right after this. 516-619-6341. That is our voicemail comment 
hotline if you have a question, want to leave a comment, make a statement, anything at all. That's the number to call, 516-619-6341. Or go to our website, metsmusings.com, and click on the widget in the middle of the screen. That's a speak pipe. And you click the record button, and you can record right through your computer's microphone. Or you can send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow me on social media, it's Facebook is facebook.com slash metsmusings. Twitter is at metsmusingsgm. Instagram is metsmusings. And YouTube is metsmusingsmac. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you watch or listen to the podcast. And now it's time for the farm report. All right, we've got a bunch of promotions this week and one demotion, actually. But shortstop prospect Ronnie Mauricio is headed to AA Binghamton Rumble Ponies. He's there as we speak, playing for the Rumble Ponies. Congratulations to Ronnie Mauricio. Mark Vientos got promoted. He's going. He went to AAA Syracuse. The six foot four right-handed bat is currently ranked as the sixth best prospect in the Mets system by MLB Pipeline. Left fielder Antoine Duplantis assigned to the Binghamton Rubble Ponies from the Brooklyn Cyclones. Congratulations to Antoine, one of my favorites. And center fielder Wagner Lagrange assigned to Binghamton Rumble Ponies from the Syracuse Mets. Wagner's been struggling a little bit and sending him back to double A to get his stroke. Uh, speaking of somebody having a great stroke, Francisco Alvarez, the Mets' top prospect, hit his 21st home run just the other day. 21 home runs, 19 with the uh, Cyclones, uh, two with St. Lucie, and is having a power year uh, down on the farm in Brooklyn and uh, playing some really good ball. Let's look at the standings for the minor league. Syracuse is 42-66. and 66. They are 25 games behind in last place. Binghamton is 46-53, and 53, and they are 14 games behind their division. They are in fourth place. Brooklyn is a 45 and 64. They are 19 games behind and in last place in their division. And St. Lucie is 55 and 52. They are three games back in second place in their division. And they held first place for quite a um, quite a few weeks, but recently got overturned and now are three games back so um you know does it matter that much no you want to see teams winning but they're also trying to train guys and move guys up and with all the injuries on on the Mets had on the top level that you know that kind of drained Syracuse a little bit and then so Syracuse calls up from Binghamton to fill in and and then you know uh, uh 
Binghamton needs players, so they they call those that that the the best players from Brooklyn. They call them up, and then the best players from St. Lucie go to Brooklyn, and 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 so on and so forth. So that's that's how it works, and and sometimes you know uh, if they think a player is ready to move, you might have a guy having a great season at St. Lucie. And they don't think maybe he's 18, maybe he's 19, maybe he's not quite ready to move, make that move yet to the, to uh, a place like Brooklyn, especially a bigger city. Um, you know, just uh, uh, little older guys. Some guys are ready, like an Alvarez. He came up, he's still going like, uh, it took him a while, but he's going like guns of fire. Brett Batty went up to uh, Binghamton and struggled for a while. But now he's he's getting into the groove. He's starting to hit. He's got his average up to like 267, I think. He's got a few home runs up there. So he's starting to fall into the routine. He, you know, he's starting to pick it up. The real pure guys are going to... Uh, are going to be good no matter what level. They'll find a way. And uh, like a Michael Conforto, he tore it up in, in uh, the old New York Penn League. And then went up and was pretty successful at Binghamton before he went up to the to the Mets and uh, never really played the AAA until he got hurt and they had him on a rehab assignment. But that's the way it works in the minor leagues and and these guys are playing and then once in a while you get a guy like a Duplantis who uh, works hard and uh, may not have the best but was one of the you know he was a good hitter in college and uh, so. I'm going to keep an eye on him. I liked him. Uh, went to a Cyclones game. He had a good Cyclones game. We loved his name. <laughs> and I've been following him ever since. So good on him making it to double-A. It's uh, a lot of guys, their dream ends in Brooklyn or St. Lucie. And he's he's made that up that next step up. So uh, hopefully he'll get going there and maybe even get, maybe we'll see him in the majors someday. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. If you uh, are new to the channel or to the show, please hit that subscribe button and smash that like button. It'll bring a smile on my face and will help. And if you, uh, you know, uh, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to or watch the podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, uh, YouTube, watch the video version, hit the subscribe button and smash the like button helps us grow the community and bring in new listeners so until next time i will see you uh on another edition of mets musings